the edge of real and cyberspace, there's one place you can go, and you've found it. Welcome to Nightwise.com, the one and only podcast with hacks, tips, and tweaks for cross-platform geeks. Welcome once again, it's Keith Murray welcoming you to another episode of the Nightwise.com podcast, Season 13, Episode 2, Nightwise's Book Corner. We're going to have a little tour of Nightwise's Kindle today. He's going to take through some of the uh, recent things he's been reading and give us some recommendations on things you may want to check out. If you want to check those out, the best place to do those is over in the show notes over at nightwise.com, K-N-I-G-H-T-W-I-S-E.com. And while you're there, check out the nightwise.com media feed. Most of you probably already have this subscribed, but if you don't, that feed is the one that will automatically bring you copies of every new episode of the nightwise.com podcast and drop those automatically on your podcast collection device of choice. Without further ado, let me turn things over to Nightwise in the car for a little look around his Kindle. Hey guys and girls, welcome to the edge of real and cyberspace. Welcome to my little commute home in the car. I am for the moment stuck in uh, a traffic jam around Brussels. Traffic's really slow, so I thought, you know what, I'll take the time to record a little show for you guys and girls. So, um, today I'm actually going to continue the series on uh, what's on my device, and I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about what's on my Kindle. So, um, I have been reading ebooks for the past, I think, eight uh, or nine years now, and I gotta say, I am an uh, enormous fan of, um, of just, you know, reading uh, digital content. I think it started out a little bit more than 15, 16 years ago, 1990, I think early 2000s, when uh, I went on the lookout for uh, some content to read when it came to uh, some of my favorite Star Trek novels. Uh, back in the day, I had to, uh, if I wanted to read a Star Trek novel in English, or a Star Trek novel at all, I had to see if they had one in the comic book store in uh, Hustled, which was the place where I went to school. But this was this tiny, tiny store, and they seldom to never had uh, any any uh, little books in, in store, any novels in store. So I would need to go to Antwerp and go to the Mechanic uh, comic book store, and they had a collection of uh, uh, paperbacks and hardcovers uh, from the Star Trek series. And, you know, and that meant that just from time to time I would get a new book and I would enjoy it, it would be fun, and then there would be long periods of nothing. And when I got uh, my broadband connection, I kind of discovered peer-to-peer networking and stuff like that. So that kind of led me to um, finding, um, well, ebooks, or, or, well, it weren't really ebooks then, well, finding text files from books online. This is early 2000s, 1999. And what I would do is I would download these sometimes TXT files um, and put them on my Palm uh, Trio and read them there. And uh, the fact that I wear glasses today is probably partially due to that, that uh, I would be reading my books on my little Palm uh, handheld. And I remember those days, um, always, you know, reading on my palm handheld, going shopping with my girlfriend, she trying stuff out, and I would just be walking behind her, reading on my palm uh, uh, trio or, or my handspring visor, that's the one I had, 
and, and reading these books like 2001 A Space Odyssey and uh, the Han Solo trilogies, you know, I read all of these big books on these tiny, tiny devices. So when, uh, when e-paper came along, when e-books came along, uh, I was very interested in getting me an e-book reader because it was the only way I could get, uh, you know, English novels uh, that I wanted to read because I hate to read stuff in Dutch um, on my device, you know, and I thought like, okay, um, let's see if I can get a, one of these e-readers and, and that would be even cooler than my uh, iPack with a Q that I was reading back then uh, on. I had an iPack uh, handheld. I would read on that one or on my palm. And then I thought, you know what, I'll give me one of those ebook readers. Because they weren't available in Belgium, I, um, I went over to uh, Hull in England. We took a, a, a little city cruise just to pick up um, one of these uh, guys. And I've been reading um, e-books ever since. I, I think I have only read one or two Dutch uh, books uh, ever since then. And uh, hardly any, if not none, of these books uh, are on paper. Uh, I haven't read a paper book in, in forever. So uh, that's been going on for quite a few years. And one of the latest additions that I got to uh, my ebook readers, I've had a couple, is a um, Amazon Kindle. It's a Kindle Paperwhite. I bought it somewhere last year and I am thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I was very skeptical of it because it didn't have an SD card. I wouldn't be able to put any books on it, but I uh, only buy them in the store and blah, blah, blah. It would be locked down. But, you know, come to think of it, it's a, it's a pretty awesome device. And um, not only have I been, you know, putting books on there that I have in my collection, I use Calibre to, uh, or Calibre, what you want to call it, to manage and transfer my books, but I also buy quite a few books on Amazon these days because it's so darn easy and the books are actually quite cheap. So today I thought I'll just go through some of the books that I have on my, my Kindle today and, uh, and talk to you about it. Um, so one of the first books that I got on my Kindle just to try it out was uh, actually a free book um, that I got from Amazon just to try it and it's called A Thousand Sons by Alex Scarrow. That's uh, S-C-R-S-C-A-R-R-O-W. And this is a, a, a historical work of fiction where um, this journalist finds um, a B-52 or World War II bomber off the coast of uh, some coastal city. And it turns out that this bomber is uh, actually a crashed bomber from World War II and it has on board a nuclear bomb. This was actually an aborted attempt by the German army to drop a nuclear bomb on the United States during World War II. So this is some. This is one of these historical fiction books that I really like. Uh, I'm, I'm into World War II. I'm, I'm always interested in that. And I thought uh, I'll read this one. It's a great book. It's kind of like a thriller. Does a lot of flashbacks. Um, and there's the, the story that takes uh, that takes uh, that, that that happens in the present, uh, where the journalist is finding the the, the uh, wreck, and nobody wants it to be found because that would upset 
uh, you know, history books, and then they flash back to the actual events of the uh, German pilots trying to reach the American coastline in order to uh, drop the nuclear bomb at the end of World War II. Very good book, very good read. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, another book that I have on there is A Mindfulness Guide for the Frazzled by Ruby Wax. Also got this one off the um, Amazon store after <laughs> after Niana bought the paperback. Uh, I went like, oh, you have the paper version. Yes, that sounds like a really interesting book. And she said like, yeah, you want to have it when I'm finished with it? No, it's paper. I don't do that. So I got it off uh, Amazon. And this is a great book written by English comedian or American comedian and TV show presenter Ruby Wax. And it's about mindfulness. It's about, you know, not getting overloaded by information and not getting stressed out and finding ways to calm yourself. And she talks uh, from experience having dealt with depression and having dealt with anxiety and having dealt with a lot of stress. Now, I really liked this book because of, you know, Ruby Wax wrote it. I mean, Ruby Wax is this, you know, foul-mouthed, uh, hilarious TV show comedian, and she's writing something about this very ethereal and floaty-floaty concept of mindfulness, and the combination of the two is downright hilarious. Because you will hear her talk about things and scenes and scenarios in the book, uh, and you can just hear her talk and rant. So it's a very, very good book. It's it's a uh, it's it's funny and it gives you a lot of practical tips on you know how to be in the moment and not to worry and not to to ruminate all the time and get anxious and stuff. Uh, that was one that I read on on, on the Kindle as well. Uh, really, really like that book. I I, I would. Uh, would highly um, uh, advise that. Um, let's see what else is on there. I could probably also talk about um, the bad stuff that's on there. <laughs> I can do that as, as well. There are a couple of books on there that I read that aren't good. Uh, for example, uh, let me see. Um, Doctor Who, The Turing Test by Paul Leonard, where the doctor, Doctor Who, loses his memory and um, stumbles across Alan Turing, you know, the guy who invented uh, the uh, first computer or the concept of the first computer and who, who uh, came up with a device to, to beat the Enigma code. And also World War II, highly interested, I really loved to, to, uh, to find out stuff about that. So I thought, you know what, I love Doctor Who, I love history, I love the whole Alan Turing thing, I'll read that. Not a good book. Not a good book at all. I mean, it's, 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 the story is kind of botched and stitched together. The Doctor is losing his memory, so he isn't really the Doctor at all, so just some guy tagging along. Not really a good read, not a book that I would advise, but something that was on my Kindle and that I read. Um, another book that's on there is Talk Like Ted by... Carmine Gala. Um, as a podcaster and as a public speaker, I think that TED Talks are absolutely awesome. I mean, they are 20 minutes of brain cocaine for, for, for I know, for the way you look at the world. I mean, there are uh, lots of TED Talks out there that are 20 minutes long, but that can totally change the way you think about things or inspire you. And these talks are so 
very, very well put that when somebody wrote a book, how to do a TED talk, I went like, I got to read this. So I'm halfway through that book at the moment uh, because I'm giving talks myself. And uh, they interview people who did a TED talk. They refer to a lot of TED talks and a lot of techniques used in TED talks. It's very, very entertaining, but also a very informing book that I, uh, that I would uh, highly recommend. Something else that's on there is um, 50 Shades of LinkedIn. Uh, that was a free ebook I got off of Amazon. Uh, it's How to Whip Your, Link- Your LinkedIn Profile into Shape by Karen Brown. Now, this book could have been called How to Spice Up Your LinkedIn Profile and Do It Properly. But instead, they called it 50 Shades of LinkedIn and give it this whole 50 Shades stuff, where they basically tell you how to put together your LinkedIn profile. And if you don't do it well, or if you make mistakes, if your LinkedIn profile is flawed, they go like, if your LinkedIn profile is like this, you get uh, a pounding. And if your LinkedIn profile is like this, the mistress says you got to do this. So it's a total hack job to kind of rewrite a informative but kind of boring book into something that has 50 shades in the title. Aside from the fact that, you know, all the 50 shades references in there are are total hacks and are, are pathetic. The information again is sound. I use this book uh, to, pre- to prepare a talk that I give on how to put uh, your LinkedIn profile up to speed and uh, how, to, how to really do that. Uh, let me see, what's else on there? Um, uh, let's see, um, I got a couple of books out there, mostly ones that I've already read. Ah, We Are Anonymous. Inside the Hacker World of Anonymous, written by Parmi Olson. This is one of uh, one of the books that uh, also combines two things that I really love: uh, history and hacking. And it's a book about the history of Anonymous and how they got started on 4chan slash B, and how that all kind of turned into Anonymous and what Anonymous kind of is. They interview a lot of people who were at the beginning involved in the beginning of the movement you know socially awkward strange teens with too much time people who would be you know working on 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 uh, doxing people this is where you expose their personal information after you get hold of their nude pictures and you know stuff like that you know all the they they interview some of the pioneer pioneers of 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 the anonymous movement which which comes from basically a couple of you know, bored teenagers with vivid imaginations and and uh, and uh, questionable morals on on 4chan, which actually turned into this well political like movement. Um, a very good book. Um, it gives you a little bit about the history. Lets you see that you know this mighty and powerful anonymous is you know basically started out with a couple of kids. Um, and also the fact that Anonymous was never meant to be this, this moral political movement. I mean, they just literally did it for the lols. And uh, they explain, you know, how and why they got there. And there's one fantastic sentence in there that says, um, all of us together, all of us, sorry, all of us individually will never be as evil as all of us together where they basically say that the group mentality of Anonymous 
pushes the boundary of ethics and good and evil to beyond what the individuals that are that that comprise anonymous are actually you know that actually have in their head so very very interesting read on on group mentality and how people use or lose their ethics in in this very good uh, book uh, something I, I really enjoyed but,
Uh, let me see here. Ah, speaking of hacking, uh, Ghost in the Wires by Kevin Mitnick, Adventures as the World's First Hacker. Um, I absolutely love this book. I adore it. It. I read it cover to cover. I read the audio. I read it cover to cover, and I listened to the audio version. And I think that it is a fantastic and awe-inspiring book that uh, that I really like. It's a biography of Kevin Mitnick on how Kevin Mitnick became Kevin Mitnick. Again, my love for um, biographies, history, and hacking. A fantastic book that I would highly recommend. I um, I, I have. Uh, advised it to one of the friends of the show lately and I got a, a, a ding from him today, a little little ping saying like, I love this book! I would like to get into phone freaking again because it talks a lot about how it all got started and you know what phone freaking was and, and also how easily you can social engineer somebody. Um, a great book uh, from, from Kevin Mitnick, not extremely technical. Um, but extremely entertaining and informative, uh, one that I would highly, highly, highly uh, recommend. Uh, let's see, some fiction um, on Basilisk, Basilisk Station by David Weber. And these are, uh, this is book one of the Honor Harrington series. Um, these are free books. You can actually get them online for free and they are big, fat books. So if you want to be entertained with a great sci-fi series for quite some time, um, download these. Uh, and they're free. So great. Um, it's a combination of um, Star Trek with, um, I don't know, some kind of naval battleship thing. I think Star Trek meets Doom meets Master and Commander, the movie. That's that's what I would call it. Um, very good book about uh, Honor Arrington, the captain. I hope I was, I'm, I'm pronouncing the main character right. The captain of uh, of, of a ship that gets uh, uh, demoted and pushed out to some outpost and basically has to do everything. It's great because it is, um, it's not one of these Star Wars fly around, make screeching noises with your tires in space, um, physically or, or at least scientifically incorrect ways of approaching uh, war in space. It's actually quite correct. And war in space is slow, is tedious, and is, well, not very exciting. It's, there's a big difference between a way that that ships would do battle in space and the way that you know tie fighters fly around x-wings so it's more of this you know classic naval wartime sci-fi stuff great book uh, got through two-thirds of uh, the first book I'm not gonna tell you a lot about it uh, basically it's about the beginning of owners career um, and, and I would I would recommend uh, getting started there if that is really uh, your thing. Uh, let me see. Oh yeah, uh, another bad one. Um, Catalyst, a Rogue One novel. This is basically the book that takes place before Rogue One, and it's about the fact uh, you know how I don't know what the main character is. Blah blah became blah blah, and how her father got pulled into designing the Death Star. This book deals with a, a couple of months of, of, of um, 
of the main character's life. You know, her growing up actually, and how her father uh, falls into the hands of Orson Krennic. Yeah, that's the the Imperial uh, Navy guy, and how he kind of loses his morals and goes from energy scientist to Death Star, Death Ray re de designer, but not really something that I would say, yeah, go this, go read this book. This will massively entertain you. It's entertaining, but it basically, it's really squeezed in to, to have something to write about before Rogue One. And I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I read it. It wasn't very good. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, uh, ba -ba -ba. Ah, yeah. Um, Social Engineering, The Art of Human Hacking by Christopher had Nagy. Also not a bad book. It's about social engineering. Uh, I need to start reading that one. I haven't read it yet, but uh, it's on my reading list. Um, how about a Belgian author? Uh, when Digital Becomes Human by, if you can spell this, good luck, Stephen van Belleghem. Uh, Stephen van Belleghem, together with Peter Hinzen and uh, Harry de May or Joko Tron, is one of the four Belgians that are well, world-renowned for their knowledge about the future and about the digital world that comes our way. I have had the honor of reading one of Peter Hinzen's books a couple of years ago, and that one changed the way that I looked at IT and at IT in the future, and the way that we should deal with IT, and it inspired me to give my first talk about what the future was going to look like because it kind of com was combining, again, two of my interests, one being um, psychology about how people think and technology, how the world is changing. Um, two other excellent Belgian authors, Joko Dron and Stephen van Belgen, wrote similar books. So now I'm reading uh, Stephen van Belgen's book because he talks about uh, the new relationship that you should have with a client, your customer in the future, and how the human part is becoming more and more important in the digital world. Once again, combining uh, a view of the future, digitization, strategy, and psychology. Uh, a great book, a great author, a book that I would highly recommend. These guys are personally responsible and I've had the honor to meet them both uh, for my change in careers for becoming a public speaker and from starting my own company and they inspire me uh, every single day so uh, when digital becomes human by Stephen von Belleghem and that's spelled V-A-N so Stephen S-T-E-V-E-N von V-A-N Belleghem B-E-L-L-E G-H-E-M, Flemish guy, really, really good writer. Um, that brings us to uh, some more fiction. Uh, I started watching The um, Expanse, which I really enjoyed. Uh, great, great, great TV show. And I started to read uh, Leviathan Wakes, which is book one of uh, the, Expanse, the Expanse series. By James S. A. Corey, C. O. R. E. Y. Um, he talks about um, this book's about you know 
the colonization of our solar system and how the political climate between Earth, Mars and the outer belt changes. Also a book that is scientifically correct science fiction. You know, distances are distances, takes a while to get somewhere, gravity is hard, you have to slingshot around shit and there are some aliens in there, but also a very good book. What I really like about the Leviathan Wakes book and also about the series is that each planet has its own culture and they're drifting away from Earth culture. And that's what I really like. You know, in Star Trek, it's everybody speaks the same language and everybody kind of has the same culture. But, uh, and this is very well portrayed in the um, Expanse series, the Belters, people living in the uh, outer belt, in the outer systems beyond Mars, have a different lingo. Not a different language, you can still, it's like, kind of like South Africa. Uh, but they have a different lingo, they have different values, they don't, you know, they think that Earthers are just, you know, they're just no coup how do they say it, Earthers, no coup people, no coup people, no, no, you know, Belter, us Belters, us, us Belters, we gotta stick together. That's the way they talk, they have this, this beautiful slang. And, and the Martians, they're all like militaristic and, and they have different values, they think that Earth uh, Earthers are, are, you know, assholes who are, are ruining their own planets and uh, bah, it's not good and, and Mars is better and the Belters go like, yeah, we're always in between and we have to take care of our own and um, that's one thing I really like, this, the science fiction part and also the socio-political landscape of, of the different parties. Also a book that, uh, that, is, that is pretty good. Uh, let's see, what else could I talk about? Uh, we're coming to the, the, the final page, basically books that I am uh, reading right now. Um, a bad one. Um, Badlands by, um, I don't know, by whom? I think it's David Mack. Star Trek book about uh, the Badlands, the sector in space where there are a lot of plasma storms and people tend to hide out there, criminals, the Maquis tend to hide out there and Voyager got lost there and stuff like that. Two books that deal with the Badlands, one in the original series uh, timeline, uh, one in the Next Generation timeline and the Voyager timeline. Basically kind of disappointing. I stopped after book one, I thought like, you could have done this story anywhere in space and it didn't have to be the Badlands, but you know, just to, to write something about something that people know and like. And it's it's no, I wouldn't recommend those. Not not really good books. And then uh, finishing up with two of my old, with three of my all-time favorites, and um, one of those I have read again on my ebook reader, and two of them I have uh, listened to. Oh no, no. One I have listened to, and two of them I've read on my ebook reader, and one of them is on my Kindle again, which is, of course, the almighty Cory Doctorow. Three books by Cory Doctorow that I would highly recommend. Uh, Little Brother, which is um, about a kid living in a state that gets attacked by terrorists, and you know, he lives in, in, in America, and there's a terrorist strike, and People go absolutely apeshit, and the surveillance state gets paranoid, and he's fighting against it. It's a fantastic book, uh, very well written, very inspiring. It really gets you into that hacker mode. 
you know, uh, a lot of cool hacks he talks about, you know, how they kind of build this secret internet using a live CD that's running on their PS1 and, and stuff like that. A real good coming of age slash cyberpunk book uh, that has technological undertones, political undertones, and that is generally well written. Sequel to that book is Homeland, about how uh, you live in a state where the surveillance has gone paranoid and has locked down politically completely. A little bit more political, a little bit more fuck this system, uh, but a very good sequel to to uh, Little Brother. Also, hacker mentality, fight the system, uh, coming of age, really good book, uh, enjoyed it as well. And if I have to mention these two books, I have to mention the, the book number three that I, I would like to recommend to you, and that is uh, Pirate Cinema by Cory Doctorow. Some way, uh, somewhere last year I came across an audio recording of the book Pirate Cinema. Now these books are available for free on Cory Doctorow's site because Cory hates copyright and he hates DRM and you get to share them for free and, and this culture of, of share alike and, and don't do DRM and copyright uh, is, is kind of destroying our culture. The, the, that is the basic for the fact that Kari gives away his books for free, and that is the topic of, of the third book that I want to talk about, which is uh, Pirate Cinema, which is about this kid who runs away from home and becomes this, well, hobo living off the leftovers of a very rich city. So he talks a lot about urban camping and how to survive, well, outside of the system, on the fringe of the system. And this kid loves to make movies and he makes these little movies around uh, two actors that he absolutely loves and then people try to stop him and he goes to court and they have a they have a big case and there's a love story there and and, and it's it's a fantastic book I it took me a, quite a quite a couple of days to get through it reading in the car on my way home but due to the fact that the, the, the well the book itself was very very well written and very entertaining and this was read out by some guy who kind of said you know what I'll read out pirate cinema so people can download it and listen to it so it was not done by a professional Simon and Schuster audio guy no just some British guy you know sitting in his living room and sometimes he he steps out of character to 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 say something about the book and these little instances are really funny and it's also a very inspiring book uh, when you take a look at copyright these days and, and how our 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 inf and how information wants to be free. So that's a, that's a really good uh, book that I would recommend. So that's it. Those are the books that are on my uh, Kindle at the moment. Some good, some bad, and uh, I would I am very curious to know as to what is on your. Uh, ebook reader what are you reading right now and when do you read and and, and uh, do you read on paper or do you read on, uh, on an ebook and what did you enjoy and why so please tell us you can send us a, a, a voice recording which we can uh, pop into the show or you can send us an email feedback at nightwise.com or you can hit us up via the socials and uh, Keith will tell you all about how you can do that won't you Keith
And that's all the time we have this week on the Nightwise.com podcast. Season 13, Episode 2, a little bit of a look into Nightwise's Kindle. It's difficult to believe that it's only been about 10 years since Amazon first started to take over the entire electronic reading market. Ever since the dawn of the digital age, we've always been wanting to read on our devices, whether that were computer screens or laptops, handspring visors, phones, iPhones, iPads, and now the ever lighter and ever more portable e-ink displays on Kindles and Kobos and things like that. Being able to tote these devices around wherever we go has given us the opportunity to leave the giant backpacks full of books at home and take an entire library on the road with us. Nightwise gave us a little bit of a look into things he's been reading lately, some science fiction, a little bit of dark dystopian future, a little bit of philosophy, hopefully something that each one of you might take a look at. And with that, we've pretty well run the course at the end of this episode. If you've got any feedback for us, you can hit us up on the email address, feedback at nightwise.com. You can also hit us up on the new Facebook group at nightwise.com forward slash Facebook. Until next time, this is Keith Murray reminding you to get out, pick up your digital device, and read a book this week, and let the technology work for you instead of the other way around.